we dedicate this season to friend of the pod, Christian Salisbury, a life and talent taken from the herd way too early. He will be remembered for his speed and agility, but most of all, his smile and infectious enthusiasm. If you're able, go to the link in the description and donate to the Christian Salisbury Memorial Fund and help more kids like Christian find their way to professional football. Carry that rock in peace, my friend. You will be missed. Huddle up. It's the Turf District Podcast. Welcome back to the Turf District, where we huddle up to talk all things Edmonton Elks and the CFL. And we're a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And you can find them at CFPN. Thank you for joining us for once again another Taco Tuesday. Or a Turf District Tuesday, as it should be, but it sure looks like a taco. Uh, and I am Andrew. Uh, welcome into the Turf District, as we have a really fun show for you this evening, uh, we, as we are going to talk to more people from behind the scenes of the team uh, as we get into Combine Week, and happy Combine Week to everybody. Uh, it's very exciting, as uh, it's now being held in Edmonton, uh, and we're going to have a little more to report as the week goes on. Uh, but before we get to our special guests, let's bring in Sue. Super fan, Mike. There he is. The Jantlers are out. All yeah, right. like and subscribe. That's wonderful. Like the Jantlers. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing, Super fan? Good. It's 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 so weird now that it's only you know four weeks in the uh, the uh, business season, as we call it. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, just seeing each other every well, we see each other more often, but you know, <laughs> seeing the rest of the group. Uh, we did have West of us, of course, at uh, first round. Yes, which was thank fantastic you to, to see. Yeah, thank you to everybody who came. It was a blast. Um, yeah, and I was I was really glad we got to just hang out with our buds and have some uh, you know deep fried pickles and talk some football. <laughs> exactly, wings, pickles, beverages. It's all good. It's I mean it's like tailgate, but well, not as good as tailgate, but close. No to tailgate. Yeah, exactly. It's great. We got yeah. to sit around and talk football in the off season. What more can we ask for? Uh, well, that's true. Yeah. And now, you know, we're, I think this is funny. We're going to be bringing in, um, you know, medical people who are really worried about physical health and we're talking about tailgating and beer yeah. and wings. So it's fantastic. I'm excited to see what they're good for our emotional like. health, right? Oh, that's what it is there. That's right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, All right. Let's, <laughs> let's bring in our guests, shall we? All right. Yes. Uh, this evening, um, we are joined by two people who help keep the players healthy and recovering when they need to. Uh, we are joined by two members of the Elks medical slash physical therapy team. Uh, welcome to the show, the director of sports medicine, Brian Cheeseman, and the assistant athletic therapist, Lisa Swallow. Easy for me to say. Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, happy to be here, guys. 
Oh, it's awesome. I mean, we don't usually get to these kind of behind the scenes kind of <laughs> kind of people. Um, and I know that you guys have been uh, we're busy today with the combine. But um, uh, tell us a little bit first um, for those people who don't actually know what about your role on the team, kind of what what each of you do. And uh, Brian, let's start with you. Yeah, so I mean, it's a long title with director of sports medicine and rehabilitation, but uh, it's essentially a head athletic therapist role for the Elks uh, here in the CFL. And, um, you know, my day to day role, I oversee our, our day to day therapy staff, which includes myself, Lisa, and then in season two seasonal athletic therapists. Um, in addition to that, you know, we have a, a complement of physicians and, and allied health professionals that, um, you know, we work with and work alongside. Uh, throughout the course of the season and you know we're, we're very fortunate to um to have those people with us i mean people like dr duran and i do i mean uh, i can't imagine uh, there's a better doctor in the league to be honest with you than, than him and we're very fortunate to to have the opportunity to work with him every day and i mean there's times where i talk to duran more than i probably talk to my wife um <laughs> i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but uh, <laughs> You know, and then we also work really closely with our equipment staff too, with Dan Rosno and, and, and Braden Spong. And um, yeah, I mean, many hands make light work, right? So that's kind of um, the Coles Notes version of what I do. So oh, that's 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 amazing. And and Lisa, what about you? Yeah, I mean, my my main role uh, is working with the long term uh, rehab projects that we we get uh, a lot of the long. Uh, in long-term injuries that are either season ending or guys that are on the sixth game, I kind of um, take them and and put them through their paces and work with them to get them back and ready for being on the field again. Um, and in addition to just helping with all the other day-to-day -day stuff that happens around preparation for practice and for games. Oh, that, that's fantastic. So when anybody goes on the sixth game list, we can call them a Lisa project from now on, which should be... <laughs> That's we're going to look at the we're going to look at the Lisa project list. This is uh, it's I mean some people call it six game, we call it the Lisa project list. That's okay. I mean you you were busy last year. Yeah, it was a busy year last year, but we definitely weren't the busiest um in the league. So, uh we weren't the worst off in the league. So All right, well, I'll take your word for it. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, it's always fascinating when we get people that are behind the scenes, sort of the unsung heroes. Um, so we kind of like to know what brought you to the team now. So what drove you to get into the field of sports medicine? I'll let you go first on, on this one, Lisa. Um, well, growing up, like I played a lot of sports. I grew up in Saskatchewan. Um, so, of course, you know, everybody bleeds green and white out there. Uh, um, so you, you, could, you could football, like, kind of was brought into football from an early age. You know, my grandparents had season tickets, that kind of stuff. And parents would take us to a couple games a year. And um, so yeah, throughout school, I just really liked sports and I liked science and that sort of thing. And at the end of school, I was like, oh, I want to put make this into a, a career and took the kinesiology route to start with. Um, uh, thinking, oh, maybe I'll get into strength and conditioning, that type of stuff. And uh, it just morphed into getting into therapy working in a rehab clinic um, setting, helping rehab injuries and going back to school again to do my athletic therapy and then going back to school again to do my physical therapy. So I think my dad thought I was going to be a professional student for <laughs> forever. Um, but yeah, and then that kind of led into more clinical based work. So I had kind of 
wasn't really thinking about professional sport in any way. I was doing a lot of volunteer work in the community uh, with the junior football program in Regina, the Thunder, and um, you know I was happy and content with that. I was part owner in a clinic, and then um, yeah, then things kind of changed, and I got out of ownership and was working uh, as a contractor in Regina and needed a little bit of a, a, a switch flip um, after COVID. And, and I kept getting this uh, ad for a seasonal job in Edmonton. And so at the last hour of the last day of applications, I sent in my, my resume and then, and two weeks later, I was here in Edmonton to help work um, that COVID season after that, where things were turned back. And so it's been a bit of a whirlwind getting here. Um, seems like it was a bit of a long road coming full circle into sports, which I kind of wanted to do um, at early on. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's great to be here and I work with a lot of great people. Oh, that's, that's amazing. What about you, Brian? Yeah, for me, uh, I mean, I grew up basically on in, in Newfoundland. So just outside of St. John's in a, a city called Mount Pearl. And uh, yeah, I know I get the joke. I'm just another newfie who's working in Alberta right now. <laughs> here all the time. So, um, but for me, you know, I was an active kid. I played baseball, basketball. Um, I never played hockey, which is weird because the bulk of my life uh, seemed to surround the rink and, and everything associated with it. And um, in high school, pretty good student. I wouldn't say I was an honor roller, but I did okay. And um, went to university. And, and at the time, like the offshore oil industry was starting to, to boom a bit. And much like a lot of people back home, I figured that would be my ticket. Um, so I started taking an earth sciences geology program at Memorial University in the fall of 99. And I hung on there for a little bit and it just didn't really, didn't float, float my boat, so to speak. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I remember uh, coming home one evening and family dinner, me, my mom, my brother and my dad. And what'd you do today? Well, I dropped out of university. Um, <laughs> Bit of that awkward pause at the dinner table and my dad said okay that's that's fine um, but you need to find a job if you want to stay here like you're gonna have to find a job so went to work at the uh hockey rink uh back home uh, mile one center which is where this uh, toronto maple leafs farm team was playing and um as fate should have it got posted as their dressing room security guy and got to know the players and got to know the staff and got to know the athletic therapist and asked them one day hey do you mind if i you know Come in and see what you do and he was gracious enough to allow me that opportunity and it turned into me basically falling in love with the profession and from there i did my kin degree at home i went to ontario and did an athletic therapy degree and um that connection that i made with hockey opened up some good opportunities as a student which then opened up some good professional opportunities and uh spent a year living in the southeast corner of washington state in uh kennewick washington working for the tri-city americans and um yeah that was interesting uh, great experience i mean we had a really good team that year so i got a, I, I got to get to the finals in my first year which was insane um calgary cleaned their clocks in five games but um <laughs> great experience and then yeah a few short months later um the opportunity to move to edmonton and work for the oil kings came about and um packed up moved west uh, more permanently this time and yeah i've been here ever since 2010 and um you know I think COVID for me was a bit of a uh, reality check too. I mean, I, I had a good job. I worked with good people and for good people and we had a really successful team, but um, I think I needed a bit of a challenge. I'd set out to do some things in junior hockey and uh, I had a bit of a bucket list and I checked all those items off and 
was able to be a part of a championship team, a Memorial Cup team, was able to work with Hockey Canada and, and win a World Junior Championship. And I kind of completed all those things and wanted a bigger challenge. And, and this opportunity came about literally out of the blue um, at the 11th hour. And I remember coming over here to meet with uh, then GM Brock Sunderland and, and leaving here and thinking, well, maybe, maybe I could do this. Um, had never worked a game of football in my life. It was always hockey. It was, and it was always in the winter and having my summers off and boom, the switch flips. And now I'm working all summer and I have my winters off, but it's been a fantastic uh, transition. Um, it's a great organization to work for, you know, same thing. You work with good people and, and for good people and the players have been absolutely awesome to deal with too. So that, that's fantastic. And the, uh, now if you ever need an 11th hour RT, if prep do you do type of injuries that we sustained uh last year i mean for whatever reason a lot of it was traumatic long-term injuries and um you know we we did a bit of a with some data from the league and some of our own data did a bit of a deeper dive to kind of look for trends and um you know to lisa's point we we didn't have the most what they call man games lost in the league but we certainly had a lot of long-term injuries and, and a lot of it you just can't prevent. I mean, an ACL is going to tear, a bone is going to break, um, so on and so forth. And I think we did a really good job of mitigating a lot of that kind of short-term soft tissue stuff last year, but you can't help, you know, but take it a little bit personal um, in, in our profession when, when guys do get those injuries, because you do spend so much time with them and you do see how much, effort and energy they put in every day and you really feel for them when it happens and um but in the same breath it's a joy working with athletes because as soon as they do get hurt i mean you take a guy like an aaron grimes right who goes down with a season-ending injury in the preseason and his first question is well all right when are what what's our plan when am i going to see a, a surgeon when are we going to have the procedure and then what do we do from there so that that's the joy of working with with these guys you hate to see them get hurt but you know when they do they're going to be ready, willing, and able to put in all that extra effort and energy into their rehab to get better. And um, yeah, we couldn't prevent a bunch of what happened last year, but I mean, it definitely helped us refine our in-house process a little bit, I think, as therapists. So, but, And I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, the Lisa project list can't get that long again. That's the <laughs> That's trick. <right>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think like strength and conditioning obviously plays a big role in the off season as far as helping for injury prevention. And um, you know, one of the things that we try to do around here is, uh, you know, look at how people functionally move and do some breakdown of movement and see where they may have some deficits and, and start to sort of align a, call it a prehab program so that they've got things that they, they can work on to help improve their movement patterns, which should then ultimately help with their SNC and then help with them on the field from a performance perspective. So, yeah, there's lots of different things that can can be done and it's just really about kind of communicating with the athlete and and getting that plan together so everyone's on the same page amazing i i feel like i'm constantly in a prehab but it, i never get past the pre but that's fine you get to <laughs> gotta be never there get to have that's no no exactly <laughs> I, I mean it was interesting to me we we went to training camp and it's a preseason, and uh just the difference it must have been for and Aaron Grimes going down with a season-ending injury, and a Gavin Cobb. So you've got this 
uh, you know, raw rookie who's, I mean, I don't know, 23 versus Grimes, who's been around the block. Is it a different kind of experience dealing with the two of them or? You know, what's fascinating about how those, how that all came to be in our room this year with veteran guys and rookies having long-term injuries. Um, you really got to see like guys coming in a rookie new to the league. They, they really don't like there's, they don't know how to be a pro yet. Um, right. And yet a guy like Aaron, who's like a true pro um, there's just so much mentorship that happened in the room last year um, in regards to that. And um, it helps keep guys accountable and, um, it, it was, it was one of the, the when you have, when there is a lot of projects like that made the projects fun, um, yeah. just seeing that happen. Yeah. And it's, you know, you got to go through a little bit of, you know, pain and suffering, I think in, in any aspect of life, whether it's sports, you know, your own professional business and whatever, you got to come out the other side a bit stronger. And I do think there's a reason why last year happened the way it did. And there was that dichotomy of vet and rookie kind of mirroring them, themselves with the injuries and the length of time that they spent. And I think it's a great learning process for guys like Gavin and guys like Wesley Avalon. They were able to see people, you know, like Aaron all year. And then, you know, like a Manny Arsenal for a small chunk of the year and like a Kenny Lawler for a small chunk of the year the work and, and determination and effort that they put in, it kind of drove their rehab up a notch or two notches too, right? So and, you never want to see anyone get hurt, but that's kind of, you know what I mean? There's a bit of an interesting dynamic that happens when it does, so. Yeah, and for the veteran guys too, like, I mean, it's difficult obviously having a season ending injury or a long-term injury, they sort of lose their purpose a little bit. Um, and by having those rookies around that they could mentor like it really gave them purpose each day coming in as well so yeah it was pretty cool uh like you don't want to have those injuries like brian said but it was pretty pretty cool dynamic in the room and on that front that's crazy uh we, we've talked before um not too but about um one of your predecessors years and years ago um about injuries that they face. So what's the kind of the craziest sports injury you've ever had to deal with in, in any of the teams you've been with? Ooh. Uh. <laughs> Brian's done hockey and football. I imagine this is going to be yeah. quite the story in a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are we talking like, you know, uh, yeah, well, obviously, I mean, on, on field, on ice, the, the wildest thing I ever saw was my very first year in Tri-City. Um, we were playing Chilliwack in Chilliwack game three. Uh, 20 seconds into the game, a forward on our team goes in on a four-check. Um, he loses his balance, and he goes flying into the boards. Um, massive crash. Knew right away it was bad. He was screaming like I've never heard anyone scream before. Go right. run it out to him. He's in my leg, my leg. I said, okay, like, where do you feel it? And he kind of points to kind of mid to upper thigh. He said, I felt it crack. And in my head, I'm like, oh, boy, we got a femur fracture. Here we go. And, I mean, that's that's a major medical emergency. Um, and as luck would have it or wouldn't have it, um, that night there was also a massive crash on Highway 1 just uh, east of Chilliwack. Uh, so local paramedics were tied up with that. But the fire department showed up. So they were a fantastic group to help. Um, they gave this kid his own self-administered kind of uh, laughing gas and let them have a hit of that and it calmed them down. And we were able to get them in the splint to get them off. And the doc told him he would never play hockey ever again. He was 19 at that time. Um, and he had, 
he put himself through the ringer uh, eight and a half to nine month rehab program and returned to the Western League as a 20 year old player that that following season. So um, from a serious standpoint, that definitely is probably the, the wildest one I've I've seen yet. And I always say yet because there's always going to be something else. coming. Yeah. You just got to be ready. Right. Yeah, I don't know, from my perspective, like, I don't know if I've seen any sort of like thing terribly gruesome, but I think last year, like our preseason game here, um, we had a stretch of three plays of football where mm -hmm. the Calgary player, I think, tore a patellar tendon and then Gavin, you know, uh, dislocated, fractured his ankle. And then the next play, we had a player um, that was knocked out unconscious, suspected spinal. Um, so it took what an hour to play three downs of football there. So like that to me, I think has been my craziest like experience in terms of in-game, um, you know, just wild in terms of like all that happening, being bang boom right after one another. And I think I think like the the thing that that people may not see if they're watching a game on TV, obviously it cuts away and, and you know you don't yeah. see the actual care that happens, but. If you're in the stadium and you're seeing it, I mean, you, you notice how calm we are, right? And right. the reality is that we're trained to handle just about anything and everything that's thrown our way. And, and we have to remain calm because if, if there's any sense of panic detected from any of us in our core med team that are dealing with that, then the player is going to panic and then things are going to, they're going to escalate, right? So yeah. um, there are some scary things you do have to deal with, um, but at at the end of the day, you know, you, you have an algorithm in your head that you follow in the event of, of a serious um, incident. And if you follow it to a T, then things, you know, nine and a half times out of 10 work out in, in everybody's favor. So. Yeah. Wow. I, I've, I've, I've not been in sports situations, but I've been in hospital situations like that where you're just mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, this is the next step. This is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. And I can't imagine live on a field <laughs> with all these, this crowd around you. It's a little different uh, scenario. So I, I applaud your ability to stay calm in those, in those situations, especially if you've got somebody who's really hurt, that that's, that is not good. Um, let's talk a little bit about, um, nutrition, because I know that that's part of, uh, you know, getting to be a pro athlete these days. And do you get or deal with a lot of nutrition questions at this point? Or by the time they get to the pros, they've kind of got it all worked out? Or what, where, what do you guys find? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're fortunate enough in this league that we deal with a lot of athletes that are coming from reputable and high level programs that pull at the U sports and, you know, NCAA level, and, and they have a lot of access to dietitians and sport nutritionists and um so they have a pretty good feel for for what they need and then it's up to us to work with them to provide them you know with the same level of um you know nutritional value that they need so um it's interesting because now we're in a day and age where people have allergies to just about everything and um you know people are are vegan and you know or they're keto or they're paleo or they're whatever eo diet they're <laughs> out there so you know like, io yeah okay. yeah exactly yeah. So we work with the players and then we'll work with our football ops department then to make sure that there's they're getting what what they need right and um yeah some of these guys can cook for themselves really well like you look at a justin renfro and yeah. other guys, their idea of cooking is Uber Eats, McDonald's to their apartment <laughs> and to the stadium. So, yeah, it presents it presents some challenges, but, you know, we are lucky that they do come already armed with a really good knowledge base for the most part. So, 
I, I wish I could have Uber Eats McDonald's and look like the players. Like that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to pull that. I'll, I found the irony there too, as I was talking about nutrition and I take another swig of my beer. Anyway, uh, <laughs> super fan, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, let's make it a little lighter here then. Um, what, what do you both do for fun away from the stadium? Let's start with Lisa. Oh, away from the stadium. Well, I have a almost four-year-old border collie, Blue Healer Cross. Nice. Okay. Uh, so there's lots of walks, and um, we play a lot of ring toss in the backyard, and we keep stats. And you know, today he was three for four this afternoon. So I was pretty impressed. Um, but yeah, that takes up a lot a lot of my time. Uh, sure. Brian got me into um, Ted Lasso, so like. Oh, so good. Um, so good. So yeah, my iPad tells me last week that I was using it 187% more than the week prior. <laughs> so crushing a lot of, you know, Ted Lasso at the moment. Um, but yeah, like time away from the stadium is just, it's nice just to, I I'm, I like to just decompress with a little walk sure. with the dog and, and, and some downtime, alone time, quiet time, because it's, there's a lot of people around here and a lot of noise and you know, at seven in the morning, the you feel like you're in the in the club with all the music rocking in the locker room and <laughs> and that lasts all day. So yeah, it's nice just to get home and, and just chill out, relax in the backyard and have some fun with the dog. Awesome. What over you, Brian? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm a huge AFC Richmond fan and you know nice. the, it's Tuesday night and I know season three, episode two has just dropped and I'm dying to get home and, and watch it with my wife because I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. But um, yeah, I, I I like my time away from the stadium. I mean, when you're here, you're busy, but you know, um, my wife and I had a dog and we unfortunately had to put her, uh, say goodbye to her last summer. So, um, you know, we, we still go for walks every day, um, you know, try and be active. Um, I, I, I'm like, huge binge watcher i'll find a show and i'll latch onto it and i'll just i'll just pound my way through it uh f1 drive to survive i mean oh so good i got absolutely <laughs> addicted to that i don't know if i'd watch an f1 race up until that that series dropped but yeah it's it's good and now the golf version of it too uh i'm a bad golfer but it doesn't mean i don't love to play uh, play the game um so that when i can get out i do that and uh, music has always been a bit of an escape for me too um i been playing the guitar now since I was 10. Um, nice. I haven't played it as much, you know, lately as I probably should, but um, it's just good to pick it up and just whether you're playing something that someone else has written or you're just kind of making it up as you go, um, it's a good way just to shut your brain off and and just be present and not think about football and then rehab and everything else that comes with it. So get that creative side going. Absolutely. Yeah. Brian, I feel you and I could spend a lot of time together just based on what you just said. That was yeah. uh, I, definitely Ted Lasso, definitely Drive to Survive. Uh, I know you have Apple TV, so please tell me that you've watched Severance, which is the greatest show of 2022. It's in uh, the queue. It's in the oh queue. My, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to watch that. It's and I do. I did notice the uh, the sea change uh, Sonic logger there too. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, see, I I feel like we're gonna hang out more. That's what I feel. Well, I mean, us, us follically challenged guys, we gotta we gotta stick together. We gotta band together. That's exactly. <laughs> you luckily can do a little more down here than I can, but uh, good good for you. I'm jealous. Um, no, that's uh, that's that's amazing. And yeah, I, I I think anybody who is in a team of any kind needs to watch Ted Lasso because that 
that just teaches like the team aspect of that is just something else. And it's funny too, but the team aspect is just unbelievable. And I, I can imagine, uh, you know, in, in my, my daytime job where I'm a manager, I, I bring stuff even from that show where you're like, okay, let's, how do we work with this person and this person? And yeah. it's unbelievable. So, um, and you know, I, I know you can't see it, but I, I have a little this bit printed off my office. It's eight lessons for leaders from Ted Lasso. And it's got, you know, eight different points from the show, but the, my, the, my favorite quote of the whole series um, and scene, spoiler alert, I won't ruin the scene, but when he's playing darts in the bar with Rupert and yeah. he gives that whole speech about, you know, being curious and not judgmental. And there's something to be said about that in your day-to-day life, right? But in dealing with the players too, and, you know, when you're trying to figure out, okay, what is this injury? Uh, what is causing this? Why have they had it for so long? Instead of saying things like, uh no, like you're soft, you're this, you're that. Like it's the why. Like why is something the way it is? And then once you can wrap your head around that and you figure the why out, now you can fix that. And then you can make that person more effective at what they do, right? And I've, yeah, I, I feel bad for Lisa's iPad battery because I'm sure uh, <laughs> you know, two, two seasons in the past week, now she's all caught up. And yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of parallels, I think, in the show and in life and in the show and in sports. And yeah, if, if you haven't watched it out there, it's, it's definitely something worth picking up right now. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to let it load a little and then start from the very first uh, season and work my way through because it's well worth a rewatch. So sorry to Lisa's iPad once again. It's well worth <laughs> a rewatch. Um, so we talked about it a little bit off the top of the show. Of course, it's Combine Week. And um, first time it's being held in Edmonton at the Fieldhouse. Um, tell us a little bit about what your guys' involvement is uh, with the Combine being here. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start it off. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're essentially, you know, as the hosts, um, you know, and we essentially help the league out um, from a medical standpoint, uh, you know, helping uh, with our, the help of our team physicians um, process player medicals to make sure these players are safe and healthy to participate. And then, um, you know, myself and Lisa then will oversee the actual, um, you know, emergency medical management for um, the testing portion and the on-field portion. So, um, yeah, I know it's an honor and a privilege, obviously, to be able to be a part of it um, from both a club level and a league level. And, um, yeah, I mean, selfishly, it's it's pretty cool to have a front row seat for, for something yeah. like it. And, you know, the guys that we've met, the players we've met tonight um, through the first phase of, of our um, medical uh, work with the combine, that they're fantastic young men and, and they all have a pretty cool background. They all have a pretty cool story. And yeah, it's, it's a pretty awesome experience. I don't know if you want to expand on that, Lisa, but. Yeah, I think like just we're, we, we're kind of bringing our role um, with the team throughout the season to these, um, potential candidates. Uh, just, I think part of what the CFL is trying to do is give them the pro experience. And it's quite a job interview for those kids over yeah. the next few days. That, uh, like, it's just going to be impressive to watch and see both on and off the field, how they conduct themselves. And um, what, what we saw tonight already, just a small sample size, just what an incredible group of young people. Um, and they're excited to be here and excited for the opportunities. So uh, yeah, it, whatever we can do to help um, facilitate that. And, and you know, of course, with, you know, drafting and everyone's information gathering, like 
we're helping with that, right? And helping compile some information on these kids in terms of their physical status that, you know, that gets shared then with all the teams in the league and um, helps them, helps everybody sort of try to make their best decision in terms of what they're going to do on draft day. Oh, it's going to be great. We can't wait to see for sure. So I'm sure we'll all, we'll all be there. So, um, oh, I'll be there. Lots. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We're not missing it. I'm going to be um, running over to Brian so we can talk about, uh, all the TV shows while the yeah. kids are working out. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm here for yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Great catch. But anyway, did you yeah, see but, that? But did yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so obviously, um, you're dealing with, uh, adults basically playing the game. Um, for those younger people that maybe aren't even in university or pro football, if you could say just one tip to those people, what would it be? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I got to ask the tough ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think just on my own experience, I think it's not being afraid to fail. I think anytime nice. that you in life make a mistake in school or in a job and and you learn something from it i think you're a better person because of it so that would be kind of where i would go with that i think that's awesome. yeah, I think for me it would be like just be yourself like be your authentic self um and like especially in the sport of football there's so many personalities and so many different people from different backgrounds that like uh that just brings lots to a team if you're just yourself and just be authentic don't try, to awesome. be, don't try to be someone else. Right. Oh, ex excellent answers uh, and good and good tips. We can just add those to Lasso's list. Those are yep. outstanding. Um, now, I understand you both came from different parts of Canada and, and, and the world in some cases uh, when you're coming down from uh, fr from the States. Um, were, but before you joined the team, did you know anything about the team or were you fans of the team at all? Yeah, I mean, I was, I wouldn't say I was a hardcore CFL fan. I mean, um, selfishly, I'm really hoping that the Atlantic Schooners happens because I know how well it would be supported in Atlantic Canada. Um, you know, I think my earliest CFL memory was probably the 91 Grey Cup with the beer can getting sailed at Rocket Ismail yeah. and returning <laughs> you know, for a touchdown. And, um, but, yeah, I mean, I followed the league. I wouldn't say I was an avid fan of it. Um, the one good thing about growing up in Newfoundland, if you were out at the bar on the weekend and, you know, it was a 7 o'clock kickoff in Edmonton, well, it was 10.30 back home, so you always had a couple of games to watch. So we always kept one eye on it. We'd get together for the Grey Cup and, and stuff. But, you know, you're familiar with some of the big names, obviously, that have come through here. But um, until I moved to Edmonton, I didn't I wouldn't say I, I really followed the team until probably 2010, 2011. So, um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of ironic because I look at a guy like TD Force, who's the head AT um, with the Oilers. And I mean, he basically walked a similar path, right? He was in junior hockey and then he went to the University of Alberta for a bit. And then he came here and was with the Eskimos as mm -hmm. now Elks. And now he's with the Oilers. And the NHL was always a dream of mine. And who knows, it may still happen someday. But, you know, you look at someone like that and you kind of admire what they've gone through. And, you know, you kind of aspire to, to maybe, you know, continue uh, down that same road at some point. So. Awesome. And Lisa, I, I know where you came from, so I know yeah, it's kind well, of a loaded question. That's why I wanted to answer first. That's why I wanted to answer first. It is a loaded question because, you know, what I knew growing up of, of the Eskimos now, Elks is 
that was the big a big rival right um right and yeah. i think back to like uh 1989 when the riders in oh, the, the year Cup, that they, they played the, the west Cup. final that here right. um yeah. and <laughs> the backup quarterback tom burgess is playing started that game i believe and uh tracy ham was the quarterback for you guys and on his yeah. hand towel he wrote hambone on his on his towel and i just remember like you know all friends and family like everyone you know has to get it over to somebody's house to watch these games and people were just mad about this whole hambone thing and <laughs> and oh he was so cocky and all that type of stuff and uh so yeah like that's that's what my memories are of the eskimos slash elks um but then in the 2021 season tracy's son caleb mm -hmm. was here at training camp right. and i remember telling him the story about the ham bone on his dad's towel and and how everyone in sass just thought that was terrible and we're still glad to beat them and um yeah so it's kind of it's just funny hey like how the world is it's a small world when you think about it but uh, yeah so like you grow up being a rider fan being a fan of football in general and and lucky enough to get some experience working with the junior team and, and football saskatchewan and a lot of good people over there that football is really important in the province of Saskatchewan and and so coming here um yeah it's it's been fun my family hasn't like totally disowned me but <laughs> you know I, I they they wear their when we were in Regina last year for our game and we won which was awesome um my family came down to say hi after the game and they all have their rider stuff on and my nephew's like, look, Angie Lisa, and he pulls up his jersey and he's got his Elks t-shirt on underneath. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah, so it's it's tough for them, but they're getting they're getting a little more used to it. That's how it starts. That's yeah, the, exactly t-shirt underneath, and then yeah. Now sure look at the colors out. you're wearing. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> exactly. Um, before we get to your next question, Mike, I just want to remind everyone who's watching: if you want to throw some questions in the chat for uh, Brian and Lisa, please do, and we'll we'll get to those very shortly. Go ahead, super fan. Yeah. Uh, so just the last one for me. Um, of course, you've got some experience in green and gold now. Um, do you have a favorite moment with your time with the team? Uh yeah, I think it was the 21 season um, winning the Labor Day game uh, in, in Calgary. I I was joking with everybody on our staff that I had a pretty good record with the Oil Kings going down to Calgary and playing the Hitman. And um, I said, you know, I, I I really don't lose in Calgary. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, my God, we better win because I'll never <laughs> win the end of it. And we did. And yeah, so I, I think just knowing the history of of the rivalry and and the importance of the Labor Day matchup that was that was pretty cool and the flyover and not getting run over by the horse on the sideline you know that was <laughs> those are you know pretty good memories for me good core memories for that year so that's awesome what about you Lisa yeah for me I mean obviously last year winning that game in Sask was pretty special um, yeah. and uh, but like what I found really cool all last year was. Um, all the kids and the families coming down onto the turf after after the game um because it that was a big like that was a special thing when i was growing up to be able to go to taylor field and like actually go on the turf and and i like those were good fond memories as a child and to see people here um even though we weren't doing well here at home obviously like the energy that they had on the field after games and and our players um coming out and 
meeting mm -hmm. people and signing autographs and taking pictures and throwing the ball around with kids. Like I, I just thought that was pretty cool. Like um, it's a good community here and, and we just, you know, we'll get those wins and things will start to pick up again, I think in terms of the fan base, but like it's there, it's, it's, it's going to happen. It's got a good core, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice thing about that uh, Saskatchewan game is Andrew and I were actually on the turf watching it at that point. That's at right. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. We yeah. actually did get to watch them win at Commonwealth. Well, we were at Commonwealth. And <laughs> yes. We watched it. There. So it, we, we said it counted. That was, It definitely counts. Yeah. That's, Perfect. That's the way it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Let's get to uh, – I'll let you scroll through to see if there's any fan questions there, Mike. And while you're doing that, I will ask our first fan question fan question easy for me to say which is from someone named brent and he asks what precautions you recommend for non-football players maybe photographer or something like that <laughs> that are on the sidelines and a follow-up question have you ever written a song about one of them getting hit <laughs> well i would say through this uh probably mess uh, i would i would imagine uh no yeah. brent Brent then obviously we had Brent and Richard on um, a few weeks back and and we watched uh, you know their episode those guys did a fantastic job and I'm not sure there's many camera people in the league that could take a hit and bounce up uh, like Brent did um, yeah, ways to avoid nice. that uh, obviously with what he does it's hard because he's looking through a lens and he's capturing some great shots but you always got to have your head on a swivel you never know where it's going <laughs> to come from and yeah i was joking around with lisa one day in december i said you know what i think there might be a christmas song to be had here about uh, <laughs> um and then i i did it to the tune of grandma got run over by a reindeer and it was, <laughs> uh, got run over by a player and um we didn't tell anybody upstairs that we were uh that, that we were working on it and recorded the video and just dropped it in our microsoft teams chat on a friday afternoon and like uh, Kudos to Brent. He was a great sport about it. Um, you know, he's got a great sense of humor. He's a great person. And yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I've been known to do that. I've been known to kind of make up a few things on the fly about people. And uh, I don't know if anyone's really safe. So yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> We're going to have a new segment on the podcast. <laughs> Brian, yeah. Brian takes down somebody by song. Yeah, but uh, that is, I wish I could hear that. That's amazing. Yeah. If you want to share that at all you please let me know i'll, I'll let you know because that'll be on itunes soon i'm sure absolutely <laughs> as it should be yes that's a that's an easy dollar 99 spend let me tell you yep. right there that's yes. uh, uh appropriately uh someone named wild rose golf in the chat says cheeseman is a director of good times and good vibes oh wow <laughs> I, may have, I may have to add that to my uh my social media uh profile but yeah i was gonna say that look good on linkedin for sure listen like the pandemic taught taught us anything is that you know life is just too short to be, take it too seriously all the time and i mean you, you got to find the joy in life every day no matter how monotonous or rough things may seem there's always a silver lining to be found you just gotta you just gotta know where to look for it right so yeah wild rose golf also says mr cheeseman is a great vocalist so i'm wondering <laughs> just if this person might be somehow connected I, I I have my suspicions who this yeah. might be. I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it for offline. But he might work here as well. I think. Yeah. He might, he might have a pretty good karaoke voice as well. So. <laughs> all all I'm thinking is the uh, the messages that are going to Victor about what's going on in your next business card. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> maybe I should get one printed up and earmuffs, Victor. Maybe I should get one just printed up and, and just uh, put it on his desk someday, just as a gag, just to see. No, he's a, he's Victor's a good sport. He he he'd get a good laugh out of something like that. So yeah, absolutely, that's amazing. I've seen what they did to his car, so he has to have a good sense of humor. <laughs> Um, speaking of Victor's coach, Vic Sloboda says, uh, thank you, Lisa, for coming over to the right shade of green and it has a golden lining. So <sighs> the hype man, always ready to help. Always ready. Yeah, great, uh, yeah, yeah. our friend Cliffy D from the, uh, Al's flight deck says the pained look on her face mentioning Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, scout from the spot, a shotgun sports network. Easy for me to say, just say no to banjos. Um, <laughs> you won't have that problem with me, trust me. Yeah, yeah I got that. <laughs> oh man, that's a tough place to play in Winnipeg. I went in, I go in early, um, before halftime to get some nutrition stuff ready. And going in there last year, I'm running across the field, and all of a sudden, I hear start the bus. <laughs> <laughs> We turn I it off. It. <laughs> Is that like the IKEA commercial? Start the car, start oh, the man. car. Right. That's, yeah. that's a wild place to play, I'll tell you. Wow. Yeah, it's a passionate, passionate the crowd thing, there. Never a dull yeah. moment. No doubt. Well, we're uh, gonna go back and win the cup there in a couple of years, so just be prepared for that. Yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. Uh, and Kobe Godwin says, Brian and Lisa, what advice do you have for young players to help them take care of themselves during the season? Yeah, I mean, obviously at this level, um, people are, are fortunate to have um, trained professionals in these types of roles. But, um, you know, if, if you have access to an athletic therapist or, or a phys physiotherapist in your community or with your club, don't be afraid to ask questions. And, and you don't have to be hurt to see somebody like us. Um, part of our job is the prevention piece, right? Um, so any little, you know, bumps and bruises you may be feeling if you're curious about them ask the questions and um yeah that's kind of what, what we're here for and you know no question is a bad question so yeah when you're working with athletes that that's very true actually so that yeah, is awesome sometimes things are easier to deal with you know early on versus trying to push through something or fight through something and play through something uh that ends up getting worse over the long term so um, yeah, just speak up when things don't feel quite right and, and something can be, can be done about it. That's, I think that's great advice for those of us that do even play sports. So that's great. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> exactly. But those, uh, those young football players, they need to ask those questions and get ready to, if they're going to keep going, they want, they want to keep themselves protected as much as possible. That's for sure. Yeah. So for sure. Um, well, we can't thank you guys enough for taking some time out of your, I know, very busy week to uh, to join us, yeah. to uh, chat about all these behind-the-scenes things. And, and of course, uh, more Ted Lasso, the better. Um, but also... Uh, getting ready for the combine. So um, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Um, where can people find you if they want to connect with you guys? Um, Brian, I'll start with you because I know you actually have Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on I'm on Twitter. Um, I don't tweet a lot of my own content, but I'm there if people have questions about athletic therapy, you know, how, how to become an athletic therapist, where to go to school. Um, it's B underscore Cheeseman. Um, then yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn to like, send me a message. I'm, I'm always happy to help. I think people like Lisa and I are both at the point right now in our professional careers where it's more about giving back than probably, you know, taking for ourselves. Right. So, um, yeah, we're, we're really open to that. So 
Fantastic. And Lisa, do we just get to wave at you at the sidelines or do you have Yeah, you can yell at me from the stands. I don't have any social media. I did and then I just tanked it all. Um, but, you know, even like anyone can get a hold of us also through the club, right? Uh, we're yeah. happy to take emails and calls and that type of stuff um, if people have questions. And um, we're, yeah, happy to help because we were, especially if people are interested in the field. I mean, we were all there at one point and reaching out to people to get information and and had mentors so it's nice to give back outstanding well thank you so much i'm sure i'll see you over the next few days as uh, mm -hmm. as we all hang out uh, in the uh, field house um and uh, i'm i'm excited to chat with you guys more but thank you so much for all of your time yeah thanks no one, for thanks for having us and, and again like this platform is is fantastic and, and the work that you guys do to, to help promote the team and the brand and everything it goes without saying how much it's appreciated from top to bottom here and mm -hmm. yeah if you're ever stuck for a couple of people to talk about what happens at the end of season three of ted lasso i think we <laughs> and myself would be up for outstanding <laughs> well we've now just booked our uh, one of our summer bye week episodes of uh it's uh ted lasso mania on the turf district in in july i'm 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 down for this it's outstanding awesome. uh all right thank you everybody we will return in just one moment this is niles morgan and you're listening to the turf district podcast All right, welcome back. We are back. Uh, those were amazing guests, super fan. Oh, I, just so much fun. Like, not only knowledgeable, but just like they just really seem genuine people, which I love. Yeah, me too. And and just like all the stuff that I'm thinking. Well, I I didn't know that. I didn't. Yeah. Know, like that. So I, and just I different just, ways of looking at things too. Right. Yeah. It's great. Like I yeah I I was very very impressed and very happy that they. Uh, wanted to join us and, and spend some time with us so that's yeah. awesome i'm going to adjust our uh our um, uh, pictures here a little bit because we're a little you know i want to make sure that we're on center while we're going to be talking about all these yeah. fun things you know there we go look at that well ish. Mm, ish here just hang on i'm going to cover you for a second there we are <laughs> just close yeah bye okay there we go now we're good and you're back in the room now we're we're back we're ready to chat more um we got to talk about the team a little bit because we did yes. have some signings and things uh, that did happen. Um, now, obviously, it's been a little slower since free agency day, right? But, but you know, we we loaded up, so we didn't really need to get too crazy. Um, but a couple of guys that we signed here: wide receiver Deontay Sykes, um, six yeah. three, uh, was here before main camp last year, but then right. released. Um, but uh, hey, we, well, I'm. I'm down with another camp guy that can catch with one hand. Yep. That's that's not a bad thing. Uh linebacker Jaquan Artist. Ooh, looking forward to this. Or artist, no T at the end. Artist. Right. Uh I'm excited about him too. MVP of the indoor football league championship. Right. And got some speed. Yes, he does. Yep. I'm okay with that. Uh defensive back. Now, this sounds funny. CJ Jones. So do you think Chris was just like, well, close enough? Yeah, he's figured <laughs> this way. If anyone starts complaining, would you know, see Chris Jones, he'd be like, "Come on, the other guy." <laughs> yeah, that guy's a schmuck. He's like, yeah. Yeah, "Yeah, yeah." Wait a second, that is not what we're talking about. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I was excited about that one. I, I didn't get too much information on him, um, but I, I do think that that's a another good signing. Uh, quarterback Ivory Durham. 
born in 2000 thanks yeah wow <laughs> i don't think he planned it that way but yeah and show is over yeah, yeah. that's right yeah forget it <laughs> Oy. um also uh canadian offensive lineman peter kazushka uh who was drafted by montreal last year and then released yep. uh but is from the u of a so i love getting local guys in that's exciting the name like kazushka you kind of figured it'd have to be yeah <laughs> right that's a that's, that's an alberta name it, absolutely is yes uh quarterback khalil tate who was with the team briefly before and yep. now back and then linebacker javon ferguson was today right so uh new guys coming into camp it's always exciting when you have new guys i'm sure we'll you know, most of those guys will have a nickname by day two i think we can get a couple, a couple more quarterbacks because i think we only have eight so that's only good. well that's yes. good i mean plus you'll have the guy from u sports Right. So we'll so, have nine. So we need one more so that they can all throw to each other, right? So, right. It's or, a nice even depends. Ten. I guess does Jarius want to get in on it? Maybe he does. Right. Right. Well, he, he could be the tenth. Right. As it should be. As, as it should be. Um, all right. We did have a trade in there as well. Yeah, we did. Uh we get linebacker Woodley Apollon. Now that name sounds awfully familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it looks on slightly familiar. Yeah, slightly familiar. Apple on, you say? Yeah, the twins are here. Uh, we get the him from the Red Blacks for a second round pick. Mm -hmm. um, so we have the Apollon twins. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we have a sort of a linebacker and a DB, but um, yeah, we'll just need to see how well they play together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I need to give points to this uh comment that just came from kobe the artist formerly known as jaquan that oh is i like it that is a that is a he's already in like training camp form that was amazing <laughs> does that mean in, in his new nickname would be like a symbol <laughs> yeah so we have awesome. to do this every time we talk about him <laughs> perfect did you see that play <laughs> amazing <laughs> um that's what i exactly what i was thinking now with the uh, signings and all those things there always comes one release or two in there uh wide receiver uh niger jackson um right was released as well so again was, yeah again yeah poor guy like eh, yeah yeah sometimes you come back and forth back and forth they come and go they come and go they come and <laughs> thank you karma chameleon <laughs> wow so is that is that our is that our end of training camp song? <laughs> well, it does involve gold and green in it, so that's right. good. I, I like it. Yeah. They say red, though, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly it's gold and green. That's though, the so. blood pumping through their veins. Is that, oh, is that what it is? Sure. All right. <laughs> I'm so glad that you have a, a plan on this. CFL logo, or I don't know. We can make it work. We can, uh, some I can way. justify anything. <laughs> that's why you're my friend. <laughs> right. Because you can justify being my friend. Right. Right. Thanks for not arguing that too strongly. <laughs> that's good. Uh, all right. Uh, that's all the signings. Uh, Superfan, do you have some horde and tell for us this evening? Yeah, we're going to go a little further back uh, this time. A little uh, further I, back. I got a few things in recently that uh, I wanted to share. Um, this is probably um, before I think anyone else's time that's watching the show. <laughs> Not much of a surprise, um, but these are all pre-green and gold era things. Um, obviously, I collect a lot of 
photos or articles and things like that. So anytime I can get anything from that uh, 1908 to 1939 era, uh, I jump on it. Um, one of them is from the 1938 season. Hopefully we can see that. Holy cow. That is a clear picture for 1938. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, this is the team in uh, 38. Uh, I'm not entirely sure they're playing. I think it might be Winnipeg or Regina. Uh, I haven't had a chance to research this one yet. I do know that this is number 51. That was the head coach and quarterback of the team. Um, <laughs> wow. Back in the day when you'd, you know, be a playing coach kind of thing. Absolutely love this shot. It's a nice, uh, uh, what is that, a five by seven kind of photo. A um, little bit of a staining going on there, but just absolutely great photo from that sort of era amazing um, like action shot too like yeah for, to get it so clear at that state like that's that's amazing absolutely this one goes a little further back so this belonged to a player um named red wise and hopefully we can see that so this oh is a 1921 exhibition game we played against the hamilton tigers so this is before wow. the season this is the first year that um the west was allowed to compete for the gray cup because we played by the same rules um back then we switched to 12-man football we were playing 14-man up in 1920 uh, and the east also switched so we were allowed to compete uh and then yeah that's an action shot from the 21 exhibition game and wow last but not least and this is probably my favorite and the one that came in most recently so um I've mentioned before on the show that we were not always known as Eskimos. Um, right. We were known by several different names, including Elks mm -hmm. in 1922. Uh, but right after the war, the city and the team was sort of, you know, captured this, this fervor of patriotism, uh, having finished World War One, mm -hmm. um, and the team was called the Canucks, and very little was known about that team. They only played two games that year before weather had made them forfeit the rest of the season. Oh, wow. But this came in, and this is a photo of the U of A playing against the Edmonton Canucks in their season opener, October 13th. 1919 it's wow. obviously a little weather damaged you can see the old hotel mcdonald there in the yeah. background um but you can see there's not a lot around it uh and this is at a place called diamond park which is in the river valley um, in the, oh, okay okay i was just uh, trying to figure out where it was yeah okay yeah sort of it wouldn't be far from renfrew uh, or i guess tell field like tell us okay that's what i was thinking okay not yeah. too far away from that so okay yeah so this is the only photo i've ever heard of let alone seen of the edmonton canucks team you can actually even see one guy right in here with a number on his oh back. yeah yeah I don't know if you yeah. can sort of see that there yeah uh, but he's the only one that i can see wearing a number it's a little odd that's Oh, that's unbelievable. Holy and that is man. currently the oldest photo I have in the collection uh, and just an absolute gem and was thrilled to get it from uh, a seller in Vancouver that found it and happened to be a little bit of writing on the back. I don't know if you can sort of see that there, but it says October 13th, 1919. Yeah. And then underneath it says October 13th, 1920, Versity versus Canucks. Um, wow. But it was 1919, not 1920. So again, just absolutely uh, incredible. That uh, is moment of history for sure. That is man, is that ever nice? Holy yeah. cow, that's fantastic! Great, great finds. Yeah, again, just super lucky and 
I just happened to see it, and I don't think anyone really knew what it was because no one knew who the Edmonton Canucks were. Uh, interesting yeah. fact, Calgary also had the Canucks. And uh, unfortunately, because of the weather canceling the season, we were not allowed to see the Calgary Canucks versus Edmonton Canucks. But uh, <laughs> ironically, the other Calgary team was the Edmonton, uh, sorry, the Calgary Rough Riders. So oh, not even right, a joke. Then. That's yeah, what not, they were called. Okay, yeah, great. So, yeah. so in the the so our canucks was all one word and calgary's was can and then ucs after like it Yucks, was the just sort of says it yeah. best doesn't it <laughs> right that's what i was yeah exactly yeah yeah i think that that's probably better uh, <laughs> yeah. D, yeah. He went the line of the show again if you look closely at the last photo you could see a young paul mccallum yeah well done I'm pretty sure that's him well that's the guy who's wearing the number right right yeah because that was his age. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And halftime, they were, they actually uh, start. that's when they started Ben Cahoon's retirement party. It was right. Uh, right at halftime. Yeah. Good to make sure that they get those all in right on, right on time. Uh, wonderful. Those were amazing, super fan. So yeah. uh, thank you for that. I, I, I look forward, the, the good thing about the four weeks is that when it comes, by the time you, you get something fantastic, <laughs> you get to Horton Tell, it's like, yeah i've been i've been pretty lucky that's for sure that's that's very very cool uh all right so let's quickly talk about the combine yeah because it's in edmonton this week i get to go watch (laughs) we get to see it ourselves so cool uh so just over 80 players are involved uh both national and global global player groups global global players yeah, exactly. Uh, now, there's three of them from the U of A. Right. Uh, defensive back Jake Taylor, who is getting a lot of praise from Marshall Ferguson on CFL.ca. Check out the the uh, uh, story there. Defensive line. Uh, no, I'm not sure how to say this. Quadwo? No. Quadwo? Quado? Quad? It, it really could be. After, you know... We've had players like Don Oromacion who had a silent woo at the end of his name. I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Quadwo Bohen is uh, from the U of A and wide receiver Jonathan Rosary. So uh, I'm always excited to see some U of A guys. Um, lots. I think the thing for me that's exciting about this one is they're doing a more of a practice style this year. So right. they will have your regular, you know, bench press and uh, cone drill and 40 yard dash and all those things. But then, and they're going to have the one-on-ones with guys, but then other than that, they're going to have more of a practice format where they actually install an offense and install a defense and watch these guys play and see what happens. And Saturday is going to be amazing. Oh, it's going to be so great to watch. Um, And uh, yeah, Friday and Saturday, they're doing a bunch of these practices and I'm, I'm excited. Well, because it's going to feel like you're at training camp already. Like, I think it's going to be neat. You're going to see yeah. these guys just ball out. So um, I'm very excited for more in action, so to speak. Um, Mike, are you coming on the weekend? Yeah, absolutely. So the whole fam is going to be coming for sure on Saturday. Okay. Uh, I don't know what Sunday yet. Um, my brother's in town from Victoria. So oh, okay. uh, obviously going to spend some time with him. I'm not sure for how long yet uh, doing brunch and then we might head out after as well. Okay, cool. Uh, I think it only runs till noon on the Sunday. Right. Then, yeah. yeah. So it might be a little tight, but uh, Saturday is like a nine to four yeah. dealio. Yep. Um, and uh, I'll be there uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, so 
I I was going to go tomorrow. I think tomorrow is uh, Wednesday, but I think it's mostly um, like some of the jumping drills and that type right. of thing. And I'm like, mm, I, I, I like to see the one-on-one stuff. That's the one I, that's stuff I wait for. So competitive uh, hopscotch. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> that should be part of the, I'm just saying really, that's a, that's an Olympic sport coming. I'm telling okay. you. What would be, I, I know I'm kind of stealing this uh, question from two and out, but what would be in the turf district combine? Like what would we, like what are this? I know for sure there'd be a trivia, which sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Competitive yeah. gin tasting. Oh, I like this. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Where everybody wins. Yeah. Or how maybe what we do is different is you have like six shots of gin and you have to take one and then run five yards and another one and run 10. And the, the first guy that falls down, that's, that's your time. Like as soon as you fall down. for that. <laughs> <laughs> so should be rather interesting. Um, while I am there, I'll be working on some episodes uh, <laughs> to get put out. What's that? <laughs> I think I just saw it. Is it you talking yes. about Clippy's comment again? Oh yes. Yes. Hopefully no swimsuit competition. Come on now. No, Andrew and a Speedo. No, we don't want that. Uh, I will be working on some episodes while I'm there. I did get uh, a new rig for my uh, phone and some fancy little uh, portable microphones. Um, so we will do some uh, a little videos and get some episodes out for you guys uh, from the Combine. Because I think Fun. that will be kind of fun. Uh, so stay tuned to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Ring the bell, hit subscribe, do all the things, share, make sure everybody like and knows. Subscribe. Correct. Yes, that's lovely. Uh, all right. I think that was all that we had for this show today. Yeah. It's I mean, the stars of the show obviously were, were Lisa and Brian. So absolutely. We can't get any better than that. So that's right. Wrap up with a bit of news and get the hell out before we right. <laughs> get to overtime. So head to OT. <laughs> That's right. Uh, first, before we do that, let's uh, let's give a little shout out to our friends at Pay It Forward with Football. Yes. Uh, make sure you are following them and doing all of the things uh, to spread kindness because that's what this world needs. Uh, of course, check out our friend Celeste's blog, thevinyljourney.com, um, and then uh, join in the huddle with us at the Turf District on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Superfan, where does everybody find you? Uh, you can find me at pretty much most social media areas at 56 Parkies. And then the history and horde stuff can be found at EDM H-I-S-T-O-R-E-E. Oh, you almost tripped over your own song. I know. Yeah, exactly. Like, Whoa. You got to put that to the tune of. Um, all right. Uh, then, of course, you can find me at Free Palicious. And as I said, make sure you're following at the Turf District on all of the social channels. Uh, if you're on YouTube live, stick around because we'll have overtime right away. Uh, otherwise, we will be back on April 18th, yep. uh, which we will update any news closer to training camp and working on another very special guest for mm -hmm. that show. Um, so in the meantime, for Brian, Lisa, Commissioner K, and Superfan, I'm Andrew. Remember, you can't catch footballs with your face, and we will absolutely talk to you in a few weeks. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.